Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that gives you just one morally upright page of Talmud a day. Today's page is Tractate Shabbat 54, and it has this little paragraph in it that comes after this long discussion about being kind to animals and hits you right in the stomach. And to help unpack it, I called on my rabbi, my own guide, my own spiritual guide through this world, the great David Ingbar, founder, rabbi of Romemu, which is my shul, and in my mind, the greatest shul in the world. Hello. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm okay. In these days of quarantine. Yeah, these are very complicated, challenging times, but I'm feeling, uh, you know, as good as it can be, and uh, as good as any one of us can be, I guess, at this moment, trying to navigate uncertainty and all of those things. So, Hallelujah. Good to be with you, Leo. Let me add to your complications then. Sure. As one Talmudically has to do. I want to read you this paragraph that really caught me unaware. I mean, this is a very profound meditation on justice. Here goes. Anyone who had the capability to effectively protest the sinful conduct of the members of his household and did not protest, he himself is apprehended for the sins of the members of his household and punished if he is in a position to protest the sinful conduct of the people of his town and he fails to do so, he is apprehended for the sins of the people of his town. If he is in a position to protest the sinful conduct of the whole world and he fails to do so, he is apprehended for the sins of the whole world. Oh my. E- explain this to me, please. The first explanation would be that obviously the, the Talmud is trying to, as it always is in Jewish life, trying to profoundly empower individual human beings who are gifted with choice and with agency to be as agentic as we possibly can be, as proactive as we can possibly be. And on a a deeper level, I think the Talmud also reflecting, I would say, broader Jewish understandings of, of human interdependency and maybe even, if I dare say, metaphysics that are found in the various schools of Kabbalah and Hasidism and let's say, broader universal themes in religion is that we're all connected in some profound way. And maybe it's hyper-literal to read the Gemara, you know, trying to implicate you or me in the sins of the world or the sins of our home and and how much power do we really have and those kinds of questions. But obviously the the Talmud is here trying to point to a profound recognition of the non-atomist individual that we are I heard once a, a great yogi saint say that uh, played on the word illness and said that the, the word illness begins with an I and the word wellness begins with a we. Right. He was trying to play on this notion of the interwoven or the interconnected realities that we have and that our purview of impact, you know, what we can do, what we can lift, we are obligated to try to lift. And, you know, on the other hand, of course, it's not removing responsibility of the people living in your household and people and, and so on. But we do have a, a responsibility to rebuke in a healthy way or to take ownership to some degree of things that happen within our world. And it seems to also have this gradation, right? I mean, it seems to acknowledge the fact that some of us may only be responsible for the people in our home and some of us and the people in our town and some of us who have more power and more impact really should see ourselves as responsible for the whole world, right? It has that gradation element to it. Right. And, you know, it is a countercultural construct in the West because to some degree, the social contract to some degree says as long as, right, 
as long as I'm not harming you, or as long as X, Y, and Z, um, that that assume a kind of division between individuals and between their interests, and and try to find the best way for us to get along, which is you know good enough. I'm not knocking it completely, but I think that the Jewish construction here is that the more power you have, the more responsibility you have, and and that, that trite but true adage of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. If you have the power to rebuke someone, if you have the power to to elevate them, if you have the power to inform them, if you have the power, the more power you have, the more, as you said, in a graded way, incrementally, you have a responsibility. I, one wonders, what is the purview of a person's in the current virtual reality? What is the purview of my home and my space and my community and so on? And might we be held guilty right now for so many things that are happening? Uh, because we're not raising a voice or we're not speaking out against or speaking up for. And it comes with, of course, with with baggage. And so give us a spiritual primer on what we could do to be better in this way, what we could do to obey the Talmud here. How do we begin expressing this responsibility for one another and for the sins of the entire world? Well, I think one begins with, with the very sublime and difficult thing, which is to say, that not everything that happens around me is my fault, but I'm implicated in, in all the things that happen in, in my immediate vicinity, meaning in my small village of my family. One begins with one's own heart, and then one's, from one's heart, one would begin then with one's partner and wife and family. Like, the family itself is the locus in Jewish tradition of all of our moral and ethical training. Right? We begin, you know, loving your neighbor as you love yourself often thinks that we think about neighbors, but what about your wife or your, your husband or your partner or your lover or your best friend or your children or your own parents, I would say. Right? There is like the beginning of this of this understanding is understanding what you said of, of the circles of care and concern. And as we grow in care and concern, when our litmus test is, of course, the degree to which we empathize and feel with the plight of a circle larger than our own family. And what are our obligations to impact in, the, in a positive way the, the community around us, whether it's the synagogue in our community or the civic responsibilities that we have, and then grow that exponentially. I think that we start with where our purview can be and see if we can make a small incremental change there and and, and then move on from there. But yeah, I mean, listen, in a place like New York or in a place like America, it can be as simple as checking in on our civic responsibilities once we leave the quote-unquote family setting. What's the broader family or neighborhood and in what ways do we participate in, you know, socially and civically? Those are really good questions to ask ourselves. We would have a report card about that, wouldn't we? That that would be amazing. And, you know, I, I once had lunch with a wise rabbi who said that every time a student comes to him and says, oh, you know, I want to be more religious, I want to be more righteous, I want to be more perfect, he says something like, well, okay, first step, go home and be really nice to your wife. Yeah, it does begin in the home. It does begin in the home, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Rabbi Ingbar, you have been teaching me the wisdom of, of holding myself accountable for some years now at Romamu, and I'm so grateful to you for joining us and sharing the same wisdom with our listeners. Thank you so much. It's an honor and a privilege and a pleasure. Thank you, Leo. This has been Take One, a production of Tablet Magazine. If you enjoy this show, please go and rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Each week, we'll be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Dafiomi. I'm your host, Leah Liebowitz. Our producer is Josh Cross, and our editor is Paul Ruest. 
For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash take one or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little bit more Talmudic and we'll see you again soon. Soon.